With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. You know, I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan, a massive favorite on Saturday, lost at home to Michigan State. What else can you say? A fair amount, actually, and we'll do just that here on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys. Well, it's quite the uh, quite the turnaround from week one to week two. Um, last week, we were talking about you know Michigan's impressive win at Minnesota, a team that was ranked at the time. Michigan looked good on both sides of the ball, particularly on offense. And now here we are talking about a loss to a Michigan State team that had lost to Rutgers the week before. You know, Michigan was a 24, 25 point favorite in this game, and, and they lose. What can we say about this game? Hassan Ashton said it, said it best. It just doesn't feel real right now after the narratives for both teams going into that game. It's, it, w- it was shocking. It was shocking. I mean, you, Hassan's comments, I think, are on the money, and I, I think that goes that kind of illustrated Michigan's approach going into that game. I mean, they, they kind of, at least in the week leading up, they, the players said they were treating it like – you know, like like in any other game, they they swore they weren't downplaying the rivalry. Even though you, you mentioned the point, the huge point spread and Michigan State seven turnover, you know, opener. Michigan State didn't turn the ball over, and, and you saw what they could do offensively. I wrote this this week, I think this morning, but they 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 all played Michigan the entire game, and and they deserve that deserve to win that game, and, and they did. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State, we talked about this. They had seven turnovers in the first game. So that kind of obscured the fact that they played okay otherwise. I mean, they were able to move the ball at times, you know, when they weren't turning the ball over. But still, this was uh, the point spread was what it was for a reason, you know, and and Michigan here, you know, in the sixth year under Harbaugh loses to a first year coach, um, you know, uh, in in their, you know, one of their rivalry games. So I don't know, like uh, offensively for Michigan, um, it just, while everything looks so easy in that opener, um, that was just not the case in this game. Michigan State clearly went to school on, on that tape and, you know, was taking away or, or la- t- yeah, taking, ma- making Joe Milton try to beat them deep. As much as we talk about Joe Milton's strong arm, he hasn't proven that, you know, he can deliver it, you know, on target to guys down the field yet. So, um, you know, when Michigan hit on some of these short passes, the screens, the, the crossing routes, what have you. They didn't go for very much. You know, the tackles were made uh, right away. You know, Michigan would, would would really work for like a four-yard gain. You know what I mean? Is, is that what you saw as well? Yeah. Uh, Michigan only averaged 5.3 yards per carry. You mentioned the lack of yards after catch. I mean, that was a big reason why Michigan was able to run the, you know, run the yardage total up last week against Minnesota. They had all those explosive plays in, in both the running and the passing game, and they just didn't get that this week. Uh, their longest, longest run was for 19 yards. Uh, longest pass play was for 26. 
Uh, they only had a handful of plays really over 20 yards from scrimmage. They just, they couldn't, couldn't open things up. Michigan State, you know, they played, and that, to their credit, you know, they were willing to give up the short plays. They, like you said, they tackled well, and Jim Harbaugh complimented Michigan State tackling. They, they prevented Michigan from doing much on the outside. And, and yeah, Michigan never really hit the long ball that, that you saw Michigan State do uh, on their side. So it was, I think it was a frustrating, inefficient game for Michigan. I mean, they still had 452 yards of, of total offense, you know, but they didn't make much of it. And I think that was a combination right. of a lot of things. It was, I mean, Michigan State's defense, it was play calling. Um, it was, you know, the offensive line, I thought, had trouble early on getting pushed up front and opening things up with a running game. And and you saw an inexperienced young Michigan offense, you know, kind of, kind of backpedal when, when, when they were in the face of a face of pressure. Yeah. I mean, John was under pressure for a lot, a lot of the game and uh, he, he didn't look comfortable as he did in, in week one. I mean, if his first read wasn't there, a lot of times it's like, all right, try, can I scramble and, and pick up a few yards? And then instead of keeping his eyes downfield and I mean, part of that's on the offensive line and, um, part of that is just a, a young and experienced quarterback kind of going through the rivalry game and, and an early season game um, as a first year starter. So, yeah, I definitely think it was a little bit of a, a lot of regression offensively for, for Michigan in week two. Yeah, I mean, Milton, Milton's quotes after, after the game kind of say it all. You know, I was thinking too much. I was too busy with my feet. Uh, my mind was roaming everywhere. That is not what you want to hear from your quarterback. <laughs> no. uh, I mean, it's honest and, you know, um, it, it was only his second start. I mean, you would you could have, I guess, easily forgotten that given how he looked in his first start. He looked so poised, and he just looked the opposite of that in this game. Aaron, you mentioned it um, you know, in a text message to our, our subtext, Wolverine Confidential subtext subscribers this morning, but talking about the third down woes. You know, and, and in my story on, on Milton's performance, um, I, my math, which is often fuzzy, had it at nine yards was the average, uh, you know, distance to go on third down for Michigan. I mean, that's just, that's just way too much. You're putting yourself in a bad spot right away. So yeah, that, that, I think that was a huge part of the game. And then, you know, you talked about sometimes not making the most of their yards. You know, one prime example of that, uh, which really came back to, to bite them was of course, you know, the wildcat package that they deployed when they, you know, got down to, to, to the goal line, essentially Michigan's one yard line, Michigan state's one or two yard line. And, you know, Joe Milton comes off the field, then he comes back on, there's confusion. Um, but basically, you know, they run two plays where Haskins uh, running back gets the direct snap. He tries to run it in one time. He tries to throw it. Another play was open. So you can say the play call was good, but I mean, there's a reason you have to factor in that is a running back, you know, making that, that pass attempt. And, and to me, I just think the wildcat is not necessary when you have a running quarterback, your quarterback can't run. Then, then you, you, you know, you bring in that extra blocker. I get it, but geez, if you got a running quarterback, what, why, why? That wildcat formation began at second and second and four, the, the play before they okay. took Joe Milton on the game, he had ran for five yards. Okay. And like you said, he had shown an ability to run the football. Um, and, and Michigan was moving. The, the drive was was very good. It was probably one of yeah. the best drives of the game, aside from maybe that late fourth quarter touchdown drive. I'm to this to this hour. I'm flabbergasted <laughs> that they did that. I mean, not only to bring ha- you know Hassan in and and r- try and run at the first play, but when the first play didn't work, why go to it the second time? And not only that, but if you're going to throw the football, maybe go with someone that that has thrown in the past. Like, m- why not throw Michael Barrett in there? I mean, he was mm-hmm. a quarterback in high school. He can throw the football. I, I feel more confident with him. Than, than Hassan Haskins throwing the football like that. 
So it was just, it, it just derailed the drive. It cost Michigan four points, a point that Jim Harbaugh did mention in his post-game press conference. He called it a good play call, but obviously he wasn't the one making it. So you can't throw Josh Gannis under the bus there. But you start to wonder, you know, A, the logic behind that, and B, if they regret doing it. Because it just, it derailed the drive, cost them four points. Uh, and it was four points that, you know, theoretically. Could yeah. be you have to wonder if Antoine Simmons there was thinking too, like they still have four yards to go for a first down. I mean, they might actually pass it here because there's no way that they think they can, out of this wildcat formation, pick up at least four yards for the first down. Uh, I mean, it looks like everyone else bit, bit on the play, but I mean, it was a great play by Simmons to, to jump up and, and break it up and almost intercept. Imagine if that was intercepted too. Oh yeah. man. Oh, geez. Yeah. He, he, he bit, but not too much. I mean, he was right. able to backpedal enough just to just to get into the play. But yeah, I mean, it's not only that. The first play has signed right into a wall. Like there was yeah. no room there. He couldn't find anything. Like why? Why go back? I just I don't I don't know. I, obviously that 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 decision is above my pay grade. But watch. I remember watching that live, thinking like, what what is going on here? And this isn't the first time we've seen this. Obviously, you mentioned we've seen this before, and it, it rarely works for Michigan. Uh, so I don't know why they keep going back to the well. A lot of teams are doing even even in the NFL yesterday. Zeke Elliott lined up in the Wildcat a couple times too. It's like what are and the and put the quarterback Danucci out wide. Like you de- basically take away that side of the field because the, the, the defense knows Zeke Elliott's not going to be thrown to the quarterback on the far side of the field. So it's it just I don't know. It makes you one dimensional, and I, unless you have a bunch five studs, six with a couple stud linebacker or tight ends that can block. It, it makes no sense to me, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe I should have led with this, but you know, this is a somewhat unusual day for us to be podcasting kind of the Monday, you know, right, right after the game, but it's going to be expect this going forward, uh, you know, more podcasts uh, per week from Wolverine confidential. So we're not really going to talk about Indiana uh, at all. Michigan's next opponent on this podcast that will come later in the week, but yeah, kind of last, last thing on this game then would be, would be the defensive side of the ball for Michigan. And Michigan State, again, clearly had a game plan. You know, we talked about Michigan's inexperienced secondary, you know, held up okay against Minnesota. But, uh, you know, Michigan State was determined to take shots down the field. And it, it they weren't really connecting early on. The offense was a little sluggish, you know, a three and out to start and, you know, some some punts, you know, in the first half. But they, they got cooking. And if the pass wasn't completed, it was it often drew a flag. I mean, I've got I've got Rocky Lombardi's first first six passes. Uh, first six completions went for a total of 146 yards. I mean, that's, that's 24 over 24 yards, a, a pop on those two fifties plus and a, and a 30 in there. So yeah, that'll, that'll get the job done as far as chunk plays. They, they clearly picked on Michigan there. Yeah, they were. And I, I think I made mention of that Ryan, in the press box early. They, they were clearly targeting Jamon Green and Vincent Gray early on. It was, it was clear as day what their game plan was. They, they did it when they had, they had those guys one-on-one and they more than often not, you know, capitalized. Michigan didn't get a ton of pass rush all game, no sacks, two tackles for loss, a handful of pressures maybe, but there, there wasn't a ton of pressure on Rocky Lombardi. I thought Michigan State's offensive line held up pretty well, and they gave him time in the pocket. He, he got comfortable clearly relatively early on, um, and, and Michigan's you know corners especially just couldn't keep up. You, you start to wonder if this is going to be a blueprint for opponents going forward. Minnesota didn't, I, and I was surprised by this, Minnesota didn't really try and exploit that a ton. You know, last week they they threw more crossing routes over the middle. They they didn't really throw Rashad Bateman a ton outside, so they didn't really chance Michigan's corners. So Michigan, in a way, was kind of able to hide with you know their deficiencies. Uh, that wasn't the case against Michigan State. You know, true freshman Ricky White, a true freshman, one catch coming into this game. 
Um, eight catches, 196 yards, a touchdown. There's a career day for him. It probably will be his probably his best game of his college career. Uh, Michigan just couldn't keep up with him. They, they, the corners were too slow. They got bit on a uh, they got beat on a couple of, of routes. Um, and, and you and you start to wonder how Michigan is going to try and fix this if they can fix it, um, especially against you know, these higher higher powered offenses like Penn State and Ohio State that have shown they can move the football with ease, you know, how, how are they going to be able to keep up? There were some acrobatic catches in this game, though, from Michigan State. I mean, they deserve credit, their receivers, for making some some impressive plays on, on the ball. Um, they also easy. got a lot of separation on, on a couple of those deep passes, too, where it's like, oh, my, how do you get that open? <laughs> like That is, I mean, couple, a couple of strides in, on a couple of those deep passes, but – um, yeah, F F grades for the for the cornerbacks in in this one for sure. More concerning too for me is that they just did Michigan wasn't able to respond. I mean, Don Brown is pretty good at halftime adjustments and kind of you know changing his defense to try and fit to, to mold what the the other team is doing, and and they just didn't do it a ton. He th- he did throw in some zone there, um, but it almost seemed like every time they got beat, it was not, it was in man coverage one on one. Uh, and and you could tell the safeties were getting frustrated. I don't know if it was a schematic thing. If there were, we saw some missed assignments. I, I don't know what the case was. Maybe we'll get an explanation later this week. But Michigan secondary, from a defensive perspective, was the reason they lost this game. And I, I have a feeling that that's not going to be the last time we say that this season. I think that's a great point. This is not the best offense Michigan is going to face this season. Those Michigan State receivers might be might have been a little underrated coming in because um, they, they really showed me something on Saturday. But still, we, we know this offense and, and the offensive line in particular are, are not the best Michigan is going to face. And if they couldn't get pressure on Lombardi, I mean, that was the big, biggest problem. And you, when you know you're a little weak <clears throat> in the back end, you got to you got to you know, forced throws, uh, you know, early out of the quarterback's hand. And that just, that just didn't happen. So that's absolutely something to watch going forward, including, you know, this Saturday against Indiana. So uh, I I will say this, that the the loss of Cameron Drone and Michael Barrett, I think did make a a big difference too in in the second half. I mean, not having two key linebackers in there, uh, and they didn't get much, whether it was Anthony Solomon coming in for Michael Barrett or, or uh, Adam Shibley coming in from a drone. I mean, there was just not a lot of production uh, out, out of those guys. And we talked about the lack of death a lot going into the year, and we're starting to see it already with a, with a few of these injuries. And if drone and Barrett miss any time, that those are that's two key losses for, for Michigan at a position they were already very thin in. So, well, we should get an update today. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely something to, to monitor. Absolutely. Stay tuned for for more coverage from Jim Harbaugh's press conference today. We'll talk to some players as well throughout the week um, as we get ready for another game against Indiana. Thank you for listening.